0: Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values.
1: You know, it's kind of funny having conversations with people, and everybody always likes to think, if I was alive in an era, I would have done that. I think that's mm-hmm. why movies are are so appealing. You know, yep. watch a movie and you're like, "Oh man, what? are inspiring. What would I do in this? Who would yeah. I be in this? You know, movie? And how mm-hmm. would I? Man, he's in trouble. How's he going to get out of this? What would I do in a situation like that? People think if they were alive in the Civil War, they, for sure I would have been an abolitionist. Right. Yeah, you know, I would. Have, you never really know. You know, because you're only in the moment Mm -hmm. that you're in, but you can't kind of test of what do you do when you come across a tough situation and it's against the grain. Do I say something or it's kind of- Are you going to be a Bonhoeffer? Kind of turn my head and yep. go away. We've seen nurses, doctors, every different profession. A lot of them just, hey, I was following orders. You know, we did a video recently. Somebody released a video. Uh, they, they called the floor they were on in the hospital the, the, the killing floor yeah, so because of the hospital protocols. It's like people weren't mm-hmm. speaking up. And so when you see somebody that does do it, it's all the more valuable, and it's mm-hmm. a rare Thing it's true. And uh we've got a guest that's doing that today. He's author of a book called True Blue. Um, he's an opinion writer. He's a former state and federal law enforcement officer and uh uh FBI whistleblower in twenty twenty two, Mr. Steve Friend. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for having me today. Well, welcome. Oh, welcome, welcome to the Flyover Conservative Podcast. It's an honor to have you on. We've been watching, you know, clips of you with Jim Jordan, and you've been in some tough situations mm-hmm. that you probably never thought you'd see yourself in. And uh, uh, you know, they say tough times don't don't build character; they reveal it. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I tell you what, you're you're a stand up great guy and a, a great American. I just want to start out with that right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Thank you for what you've done. If it was easy, there'd be a thousand of you.
2: Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, it was just sort of a Situation I found myself in, I didn't really seek it, but uh, I think that uh, it's, it's it's I wouldn't have changed any decisions I've made so far.
0: Let's go back to 2022. But uh, we're looking at about nine months now that you uh, became a whistleblower against the FBI. Tell us about that. Tell us about that time and what kind of made you like I can't do this. I'm not going to move any forward. Move forward any further. I have to. I have to blow the whistle.
2: Well, flashback a a little bit before that, uh, I spent my first seven years in the FBI on Indian reservations, and that was important because I arrested 150 violent criminals and opened about 200 cases and got really familiar with the way the FBI does things. Mm -hmm. Transferred to Florida in 2021 to work child pornography cases, uh, and then eventually was volunteered to work on domestic terrorism cases and told that uh, child pornography was no longer going to be a priority for us. Whoa. Uh, so that was the first uh, sort of red flag that I got for where the FBI's priorities are now. But team guy, uh, just want to be a professional. And if there's a legitimate threat, I'm going to work at it and went to work on domestic terrorism cases. And that primarily meant January 6 cases. So in my office, uh, most of those cases had already been worked before I had arrived, and they were just kind of sitting idly. And when I got my eyes on them, it was very apparent to me that the FBI has departed from the way that it's supposed to be carrying for mm-hmm. their investigations. And then just doing my due diligence and critical thinking, the things I've been trained to do and done my entire career, uh, really figured out what the reason for that is. And that ultimately culminated with me coming forward last uh, last summer before my office was going to be arresting uh, several individuals for, for their actions on January 6th uh, because of my concerns, the way the cases were being managed, and then also the the force that we were going to be used to, using to bring them into custody. G- give, us, give the listeners kind of a scope of the amount of just manpower,
1: man hours that were diverted from many different things to the January 6th uh, investigation. Um, cause you know, look at some of these dropped balls. That's a big one, you know, child, you pornography. child um, pornography, you know, I wow. think, I think you can kind of almost define the caliber and quality level of any culture based on how they, how they treat and protect their children. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so if we're going to drop that ball and put it towards that, what kind of efforts, what did that look like on a full
2: scale project? Well, certainly time is a finite resource and the FBI doesn't have unlimited quantities of that. So it's really about how they move their personnel around to, to focus their work efforts. And certainly right after January 6th, I know there was a lot of man hours additional to what you regularly see in the FBI spent on working on January 6th, but just diverting resources from one to another. Uh, In my case, I was in the Jacksonville field office and there was a child pornography squad that was multiple agents that was situated uh, 90 miles to my North. And I was operating by myself in Daytona beach. And we all kind of, if we needed each other, we were there, but we were all sort of performing the same sort of work function, but that squad entirely was broken down Mm. and, and diverted to other needs that the FBI saw as being a higher priority. And then I was, Voluntold to work on domestic terrorism. And, and that was just one small example. And and you look at how people were summoned to go to headquarters and, and for temporary assignments, 30, 60, 90 days to assist on the task force that was there. Mm. They were pulled off of the work that they were doing. So clearly the FBI, and, and you, all you have to do is look to what the executive managers are saying with regard to January 6th, where they're saying that this is our nine eleven. This is the most important case in the history of the agency uh, and and even the president saying that January 6th was worse than the Civil War.
0: Unbelievable.
2: Because it's, it's something I think just to the, you know, just untrained observer,
1: if you take a look at that, you got, I don't know how many people there, 500,000, was there a million? I don't know. Uh, it seemed like if it was an, an intended, planned, orchestrated coup and they got in so easily, it seems like they probably would have actually occupied it, not walked around, took selfies and, and exited on their own. Uh, free will. Um, if that's the toughest thing our country ever faces, we're, we're in a pretty good world. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if that's the worst uh, thing that we have foreign or domestic to worry about, this is a pretty,
2: pretty benign planet we're living on. Agree. And I, we're all very fortunate to live in this country because it is so safe. Now, there's a political narrative, though, that our, our ruling elite want to put out there that domestic terrorism is this rising nationwide threat. And in order to create the statistical narrative to generate that, they have taken this January 6 case, and it's been a boondoggle to further that out there. So January 6 is one case with however many subjects need to be investigated for whatever actions that they perpetrated that day. It should be run from Washington, D.C. However, the FBI has decided to open a separate case for every single person that was there that day. And then not only on paper, run them from Washington DC, they're going to spread them to wherever they live. So I live in in Daytona beach. If somebody happened to walk into the Capitol on January 6th, 2021, and they were being investigated, that case is assigned to my office in Daytona beach. So now there's this huge rise in domestic terrorism stats that we see in Daytona Beach and any other city across the country, Milwaukee, Kansas City, Sacramento, and the president, the attorney general, the director of the FBI, anybody can stand up at the lectern and say domestic terrorism is spiking around the country. We have thousands of terrorists around. Or around. And what they're not telling you is all those stats are manipulated from mm-hmm. January 6th, and it's people that were walking through a public building to redress their grievances in front of Congress as the First Amendment is supposed to entitle them to.
0: How about quotas? Can you talk a little bit about that, for quota for the FBI and bonuses?
2: It's a system that the FBI implemented about 10 years ago, and I got into this a little bit in the hearing uh, that I, when I testified in front of Congress. It's called integrated program management. It's been around for 10 years. Think of it like the traffic cop with a ticket book. It is a quota system that the FBI mm. sets for each of its field offices every year. And that is the number of cases it has to open, arrests, tools, and what it has led to is the work smarter, not harder, and an inverted incentive structure for people and it is tied to not only the budget for the FBI, so Christopher Ray can stand in front of Appropriations Committee and say we have 2,700 open domestic terrorism cases when they're all trespassing <laughs> from the Capitol. Uh, but there wow. are some senior executives in the FBI that because those numbers were spread around and the wealth was shared, we have thirty to $50,000 bonuses hitting their bank accounts. And wow. that is is not what law enforcement should be about. We don't work off of a a quota system that way.
0: Wow.
1: I, I think people feel a little bit like, uh, dealing with, with the FBI now, you know, they, uh, they can investigate a person in order to find a crime, not really, uh, trying to solve a crime that happened to lead them to a person. And, you know, while you want criminals, you want things to go bad. You sort of feel like, uh, this vibe that you would have had in any, I don't know, uh, scary movie you know or whatever or or a negative point throughout history where the people literally lived in fear of being listened to watched and in fear of their government versus the yes. government there to protect the people from enemies
2: yes and i think it's derivative of how the fbi has evolved from law, a law enforcement agency to now an intelligence agency that is trying to hit its quotas and open its cases. And the thing about the intelligence cases are there's really not a, an end to them. So they're always looking for new targets to spin up new investigations so they gain more intelligence so that they can gain more intelligence and open new cases and gain more intelligence. Mm-hmm. And the FBI and the DOJ are also very content now to weaponize their interpretations of laws and as well as seeking out using process crimes to pursue people that they deem to be problematic. Uh, you just take no other better example than Mike Flynn. Mm -hmm. Now, the FBI and James Comey said he directed Mm -hmm. two agents to go and interview Mike Flynn in the hopes that he would lack candor and they could open up a case on him. And that's a felony to to lack candor with a federal agent. So they found the man and looked for a crime that's very Joseph Stalin, that's very KGB, Mm -hmm. that's very Stasi. Yeah, that's a Stalin
1: quote. Yep. You know, show me a man, I'll find you the crime. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, that seems to be the vibe here. As we wrap up, what 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 do you have to say to people that are sitting there and they feel this adversarial, uh, you know, relationship? Is there is there hope for the future? What would need to happen if you had a magic wand and people are going to pray like, mm-hmm. hey, God, bring truth and justice to our country? What would that look like in the in the future?
2: We need to uh, small R republicanize the way that we do federal law enforcement in this country. And I I proffer this. Let's eliminate all armed agents from the FBI and any other uh, agency in the federal government. And they can have an investigative arm, but they can't enforce it. Enforce them to partner with local police departments and sheriff's offices and make those deputies cross deputize as federal agents and give them the arrest authority It's a final stopgap measure. Think of it the way that we used to elect senators in this country, where they came from the state houses, and they were most responsive to what the state's needs were. They knew the Main Street. Similarly, the deputies and the police officers, they know the Main Street problems. They know the usual suspects. And should the FBI or any other federal agency get out of line and become oppressive, that sheriff, that police chief can be the final stopgap and say, I understand you have a case against uh, this this person here. Uh, I don't agree with it, and we're not going to enforce that.
0: Man, let's talk a little bit as we're closing about your book, True Blue. So you can go to Amazon to get your your book, True Blue. Uh, tell us about your book. That's a
1: great looking cover. That man. is a you great know, looking cover. You know, I mean, Blubber Family, you, you you would you would look better as a patriot having that book on your coffee table. Yeah, no
0: look God at that about thing. It. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a memoir of my experiences as youth and growing up, and sort of the principles that uh, have guided me, uh, as well as uh, reflection on the stories that I had as a police officer, as an FBI agent, and then got into the the real nuts and bolts of my whistleblowing uh, complaint, and as well as the the fallout from that. And uh, it is unredacted. Uh, much of the chagrin of what the FBI demanded of me, where they said they wanted all the uh, information I was providing about my whistleblowing and about the meetings that I had with executives where they told me that my oath didn't matter, that I was needed to be devoted to the FBI above oath of office. Uh, and I'm just not willing to do that. I think transparency is uh, entitled. The American people are entitled to transparency. Sunlight's the best disinfectant. Man, I know it's a really well written book. It's
1: well reviewed. Mm-hmm. The forward is by Miranda Devine, incredible writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure your connection there, but uh, that's some high caliber, yes. m- super mental horsepower. Mm-hmm. You got involved in your project, uh, Flyer Family. I encourage you to go grab a copy of this book. Um, I, I guarantee it's something that uh, will encourage you. You need these stories around because mm-hmm. you don't know uh, when you end up in a situation where your character is tested. It's better. If you have a history of stories to pull from, if you have a mental and emotional vocabulary to pull from when you're in a in a tough moment, it's good to fill your thoughts, your home with your children, have these stories at your dinner table because uh, they are more rare than they should be.
0: For sure. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you also for being brave yeah. in this time and stepping out and being like, no, I'm not going to allow this to happen. I'm going to use my voice. Thank you for doing that. We really appreciate it.
3: There is no reasonable doubt that President Biden was an active participant in an unlawful international influence peddling scheme. My name is Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, and whatever you may think about President Donald J. Trump or his recent federal indictment, the speed of the investigation and the breadth of the indictment is breathtaking compared to the inaction for comparable crimes allegedly committed by Hillary Clinton. We did not find clear evidence. The incredible slow walking of the investigation of Hunter Biden and Attorney General Merrick Garland's refusal to appoint a special prosecutor to investigate Joe Biden's role in the Biden family's international influence peddling scheme. Does any reasonable human being believe that Joe never discussed Hunter's business with Hunter or that Joe did not know anything about a scheme that so far has ensnared at least nine close Biden family relatives? It was reported recently that Hunter will plead guilty to two tax misdemeanors and defer a gun reporting offense with no prison time and the right to have his record partially expunged after two years. Good thing Hunter is a white dude, and oh yeah, being the son of a president also helps. It's not just a stark contrast between use of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA, to go after five Trump associates, including yours truly before Farah is ignored when exploring Hunter's activities for Ukraine and China, or the contrast between aggressive prosecutions of pro-life protesters compared to the past given to abortion rights protesters, or the horribly disproportionate treatment of January 6 protesters compared to the left-wing protesters who destroyed billions of dollars of property and killed more than two dozen Americans. Rather, it is all of these things. Either Democrats, Republicans, progressives, conservatives, and centrists should be subject to equally fierce investigations and prosecutions, or they should all be subject to neither. Either we have the rule of law or not. With the provision that every American is entitled to a presumption of innocence, unless of course you're a conservative who supports Trump, and much of what is known of the Biden Family Crime Organization is alleged... There is powerful evidence that Joe Biden committed multiple felonies as a co-conspirator in an international Biden family fraud and racketeering scheme, regardless of whether he personally received bribes or not. This isn't over, and Americans of every stripe, faith, and class better wake up to the fact that we have two completely different sets of laws in America. folks the box fan plan is no longer needed we're bringing the Reawaken america tour las vegas nevada indoors baby we've got a climate controlled beautiful facility that we are building at the beautiful craig ranch which is seven miles north of the trump international hotel so if you're there and you want it to go well and you don't like the box fan plan i get it we now have a climate controlled indoor facility that will be constructed and built there at the craig ranch seven miles north of trump uh, international hotel las vegas nevada so stay at the trump international las vegas nevada and then you'll be staying in a climate controlled climate controlled facility uh located there at uh a craig ranch and one one good thing you can do though if you did buy a box fan a great vocal exercise that i like to do before every show is this. La, la, la,
0: Luke, Luke,
1: I am your father, la, la, la,
3: la, la. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the gold, you know the thing. We will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to,
1: we will arrest you. And we will take you to jail.
3: Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem mean sacred. And it's not going to happen. This is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. Because I have a this country to spread a light to the rest of the world. When you
1: choose, go and the sacred thing that God took to the land
0: and soil of this nation. This was sacred to God. God! This reawaken
2: tour is literally what it means. It has reawakened the American heart.
0: He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive, and I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 11 Hey, Flyover family! We have a brand new sponsor for the Flyover Conservative show, Heaven's Harvest. So exciting.
1: We've been really excited about this partnership because for about two years now, our level of awareness has increased on things that can go wrong in the world. Not just the, the big major stuff, but ice storms in Texas and things that you know you don't plan on. And I guess a of personal responsibility of like, hey, we have people that we care for that depend on us. And so we've been tiptoeing into mm-hmm. it, but it's overwhelming. It's like, what do I do next? And so we've made little steps in that process, but we've been asking everyone we know, everyone we respect, in this space, hey, who's a good supplier of things? Who has food? Who has food that you would actually eat if you if you had to? That without eating styrofoam that you'd be gagging down if you lost a bet? You know, like like real actual food that if you put it away for storage, that when it came time to do it would be palatable, as well as as heirloom seeds. You know, a lot of the seeds nowadays you plant them. They're not. They're not. You can't reproduce with them. You know they've been uh, genetically modified and really messed up. So we've been asking people we we, yep. we we really respect. Somebody we get a lot of advice from personally. We've made a lot of small moves in our life from a Seth whole House with Man in America, and and uh, we kind of went off of his lead as well as some others. And so we are super excited about this partnership because they're willing to give a massive discount to the Flyover family.
0: That's exactly right. When you go to heavensharvest.com and you use promo code Flyover, you get ten. 10- percent off. What a great deal. We are so thankful and excited about this partnership. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.